The day is coming to an end. How is everybody? Everybody's good? Good, good. Well, thank you for continuing to join us for, for this uh, offside track. And I know we've been talking a lot about esports, but uh, this panel is really going to be fun because we are going to be talking to the athletes who live it every day. Right, which is really, really cool. We've had some, some great presentations talking about you know, the finance side, the, uh, you know, the, road the, the road racing side, and so many amazing yeah. things, but it's so much fun for me as an athlete as well. I'm not an eSport athlete. I was a five-time Olympian for Canada in track, and it's so cool to see where other sports uh, are going today and how technology is really, really shaping. So what a pleasure to have two local heroes in the sport of Formula One and eSport. This is the pride of Holland here. So it's a real honor to have you both. Welcome, guys. Oh, welcome, thank you. welcome. Thank you very much. I hope you're all doing well. <laughs> Absolutely. Got some Formula, Formula One uh, fans over there. So let's get right into it, okay? Um, is the world ever changing, eh? It's changing so much. And let's start with you, because your sport is really on, you know, really the verge of, of, of the real epicenter of the change, the digital change that, that's happening in sports. So, so tell me, how, how'd you get here? Uh, well, basically, I'm a professional racing driver um, in esports, obviously. And I basically uh, came here because of um, my dad showing me racing games. Like, as a little kid, I wanted to race just like Kido did in real. But we didn't have the money, so therefore my dad bought PlayStations and other equipment so I could use virtual racing as my passion. And, uh, well, I kind of succeeded um, because I was contracted when I was 15. Uh, my parents signed a contract and I built my career upon that and now I'm sitting here, so yeah. And your parents were okay with you doing video games uh, in the well, basement for many yeah, years and they stuff? Were. They were. Yeah. I always combined yeah. my studies. I'm a medical yeah. student uh, in Amsterdam cool. and um, Yes, they, were, they always supported it, but my mom definitely kept my eye on, on Absolutely. studies. Absolutely, and I know yeah. you still do a lot of stuff. We'll talk about that yeah. later. So how about you, Gato? Tell me how you got here in terms of your career. Well, I started quite quite old for racing uh, driver. I was nine, actually, in go-kart. Nine uh, years old. Nine yeah. years old. I mean, these days, you have the Max Verstappen. He was like three, four years old, wow. very, very young. So I was reasonably old, um, but then you started, your father buys you a go-kart, you, you, you start to drive, you go to do testing, and from there on you start to be Dutch champion, uh, world champion, uh, and then you say, okay, my passion wants to be uh, to become a Formula One driver. And on the end I was uh, 26 when I reached my goal, and um, it was spectacular. Wow, I could just imagine. It was just good imagine. fun. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you two have a lot in common though, right? Even though you come from fundamentally different sports, one is in the virtual world, one is in the real world. But let's talk about what you have in common. I'm going to talk about first to you, the word fear. Tell me about the word fear in your sport. <laughs> no fear. No, once, yeah, right. once you have fear, yeah, I think it's better you can stay home on the couch and watch some telly. Um, I think you, you, you know, you, you have to go to a track and, and um, it's, it's quite dangerous, you know, a lot of things can happen. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the most important thing is that you don't have any fear. Uh, but your, your question also, I mean, with Kuhn and I do have a little bit of a comment. Because as a race driver, you're not able to, play, to, to, to drive every day in a car. Uh, like a football player, if they go to train, they play with a ball. Yeah. But race drivers, especially when you race Formula One, we have maybe eight days of testing and then you have the races. 
And next to that, you have like simulators where you practice uh, with mm -hmm. the team to perform uh, better, to make yourself sharper, especially with electronics of the steering wheel. You have so much things. Yep. And that's why I think we have a, a kind of a common uh, in, in simulators and racing. Yeah. Yeah, I do think, um, considering like I've never driven a real car, obviously you, you experience both worlds, but mm -hmm. looking at um, the people racing in Formula One or other championships, um, I do think like hand-eye coordination is very important, obviously sure. as a esports player, but yeah. also as a Formula One or whatever driver you are, because you need to like pick a point in the corner, like the apex, and you want to steer towards the corner. So it's about your eye focusing on that point and then steering the car at the right moment. Uh, obviously, as well as fear. Um, I mean, as esports athletes, we have no fear because we can't <laughs> die. So, obviously, yeah. that's something in common. Uh, but I think hand-eye coordination, muscle memory, very yeah. important. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, they train in simulators for a reason. Also, before like a Grand Prix, um, like also get their muscle memories back up on level. Um, so, those are important aspects uh, that we have. And also, I think, to be honest, you know, as a simulator, for every weekend we jump in, we go to the team, you sit down with the engineers, you, you speak with them, you make sure everything is, uh, is good for the weekend, yep. and then you jump in the simulator. And it's just, uh, just a practice to memorize the, the circuit, memorize the, the, uh, the steering wheel, all the settings that you have, uh, and to, to prepare yourself for the weekend. Because on a weekend, you have two times one and a half hours, mm -hmm. and then one, and a, one hour extra, and then you have the qualifying already. So not a lot of time. Uh, and I think the preparation, especially to know your braking marks, to know where you have to turn in, you know the gears, uh, which corners, and uh, I think that's, that's very important for us. And all the different tracks too, right? Also, I mean, yeah. yeah, learning a lot all of tracks. Yeah, basically, a lot it's, it's just a good preparation for a GP weekend. And obviously, I, my, I don't really have GP weekends, um, so... How I, often, like how many competitions would you have in a year versus... <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. I I, uh, I didn't have this question before. No, so this I, was yeah. no. I just wrote <laughs> things out. I've no idea what the answer would be. Too planned. Like uh, no, yeah. but uh, I, I lost talking spontaneously, and I I have championships throughout the year, like tourneys mm -hmm. everywhere. I would say it's between ten and twenty, yeah. Um, yeah. like bigger events that can mm -hmm. be in the Netherlands or outside of the Netherlands. Um, yeah, and then. Obviously, events like this, but you don't yeah. play games here. Exactly, but there is a system around. There is a training system, and you were telling me earlier that you have a whole manual that you have to memorize. I mean, all those, you know, every scenario and all like every well, single it's, it's button. Well, it's actually quite crazy. I mean, uh, you know, you, you come up the ladder, you race F3, you race F2, and the steering wheel just have like four buttons. More normally, you, when you go in the pit, you have a pit limiter, you have a radio button where you speak, where you can speak with your engineer. And then finally you go to Formula One, your goal, you jump in, uh, or you go to the factory and then they say, this is a book, you have to teach it or you have to learn it in two weeks before you start testing. Wow. Uh, okay, so you open the book and there are so many different things in the book. So you have to be a mathematician and an engineer and just everything. 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 Yeah. There, wow. are, there cool. are 70 uh, uh, switches on the steering wheel. 70 switches, um, wow. And next to that, when you are jumping in the car, you still have to memorize your steering wheel. Of course, you have the upshift, the downshift, the clutch. Uh, the pit limiter radio, which we still remember from the younger classes, but then suddenly you're doing 320 plus, and the engineers say, hey, there's a sensor problem, you have to do AB28 acknowledge. All within seconds. AB28, oh shit, oh, you'll have to brake. <laughs> 
and that's that's yeah. that, that's really really tough. And um, and and mm -hmm. I think to come back to the simulators uh, and, and I think the eSport as well, uh, there you can practice because the more you are know where all the buttons are and the switches and what you have to do, you can practice at home. Yeah, it's like these are like the really high end simulators because you have simulators from all different kind of aspects. Like you have the cheap simulators without all those buttons. You simply have the pedals and the steering wheel. Uh, but the more you invest, the more buttons you will mm -hmm. have. Um, so exactly, like you can practice. So the higher, at home. the more money the sport, the more but you know, the more buttons, right? Is Sorry, that what you're saying? The more you know, the well, more basically capabilities. The, well, the more you has, like absolutely. to, the more you like to invest in your equipment, mm -hmm. the more realistic it will get. Yep. So obviously, we do have steering wheels with all the buttons, but most of the time at like races, we don't, we don't, you really use it. Yeah. Um, we are, yeah. It's but you could use it depending on the scenario, right? Like if yes, the weather's different, you change your wheels. Yeah, well, and we don't talk with engineers, yep. for example, yep. because we, we have our headset listening to the game. Well, we don't talk with engineers, so we don't have to like, really focus on two things at the same time. Obviously, mm -hmm. you have tire wear and some of the little buttons, but you don't have to communicate with the pit wall, for example. So It's it, all you, pretty much, right? And the game, yeah. yeah. And the game, yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. But on the other hand, if we go from the virtual racing track towards a real racing track, you do see people like Rudy van Buren, he's now a simulator driver for McLaren, you do see that at the race of champions, he performed very well and also beating well-known drivers in the racing mm -hmm. world. So mm -hmm. you do see there's a, like a little one-on-one -on -one connection between virtual and real. Let's, let's, let's take a, a step aside from your, you know, your worlds for just a second. And, you know, universality of sport is something that we always talk about in traditional sport and eSport now as this moves into become more and more global. You're hitting countries that, you know, don't have a lot of that capability. You talk about the simplicity of it. So how do you get someone who is watching you on, on television and now the whole world is being inspired by what you do, what do you say to those young people who might be wanting to get in and, the, and their ability to sort of you know, crack into this from developing countries? Like, well, the best thing is uh, you buy some equipment, uh, steering wheel, paddles. Uh, of course, you need to have a computer with all the equipment on it as well. Uh, and then you start racing. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, you need to have the game. There's a lot of games these days. Um, and I think you have to start practicing because the more you practice, the, the better you become. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, the equipment these days uh, is not so, not so cheap, so you need to have a kind of a budget as well. Which is uh, a problem in developing countries. Yeah, obviously. that's right. Uh, yeah. Which yeah. Is, Accessibility. Which yeah. is tough, mm. but for sure, if you're uh, able to, to buy it, yeah, for I practicing. Mean, if we look at eSports, then the main continents are like Asia, Europe, and uh, America. Mm -hmm. So basically, Africa is kind of out there. Oceania is out there as well. South America. Uh, is out there because mainly North America, is, it's very popular. Um, and Brazil, by the way, that's very popular mm -hmm. as well. But we are missing Africa for a reason. Many people in Africa don't have the money um, to actually buy a affordable PC that can run Project Cars, Assetto Corsa, Formula One uh, as a game or R-Factor or other games. Um, it's too expensive. So I do think in those countries, like there, there are probably many, many talents, also many talents for maybe Formula One. However, we'll never really see those talents because they can't have the equipment. But I do hope that in the upcoming years, equipment gets cheaper because it gets produced even more and it's more accessible. Mm -hmm. And hopefully the economics in of Africa, for example, or other developing better. countries for that matter. Or yeah, regions sorry, or yeah, different I'm just saying Africa, yeah, developing yeah, sure. countries, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and therefore, we can actually find those talents inside a game 
And when you can find talents in the game, you might actually extract them in the future to put them in like a Formula 4 seed and see how they do. Yeah. And that already happened recently, and I think Kido knows him uh, better than I do. Do you want to share that story? Yeah, yeah so he used to help uh, a young kid. He was racing last year GP3, and um, his younger brother, he was uh, quite good in simulators. And of course, last year they had a competition with McLaren. Uh, on the end, uh, the final, there are two, two Dutch drivers, so that was uh, quite interesting. And mm -hmm. uh, then Rudy, who we just mentioned, he won the competition, so he became the, the official McLaren test driver for the simulator. Oh, cool. um, but the other guy was, uh, was still going on and uh, was sitting home and was like, uh, Dad, I want to try a Formula car. So he, he, on the end, jumped in. He did his first test. Straight away after 10, min 10 minutes of on the track, he was like in between one second of the, of the leader. So wow. I think once you want to have the ability home and you can do well, um, then you're able to do it on track as well. But after half a day, he was, of course, very, very tired because yeah, the physical yeah. part, sure. they don't have that. For because sure. Because you don't feel the G-forces, you don't feel the heart rate coming up, and it's, it's, it's a quite, quite a lot of work. That's one of the biggest differences, I guess. It's like really feeling those G-forces. I mean, there, is, there are simulators. What does that feel like? Tell me like, what that feels like. Does it feel I mean, like a roller coaster times 20? I mean, in, uh, in yeah, does it feel like, like a really bad airplane ride in, in, in mean, the last roll? Yeah, you mean, if you, if you have a race in, in Singapore, for example, 2013, I was racing there and was uh, driving quite a bad car. So the handling is always struggling. You're fighting, uh, you have 80% humidity. Uh, you have 37 degrees, you are with the whole suit, underwear on, a helmet on. And uh, I was wearing a heart rate belt, and on the end of the, the race they were checking it. Uh, 157 average for two hours. Wow. And then, also after the race, you have to weigh yourself together with the car. I lost two and a half kilos. Uh, can you imagine so, sitting in front of your PC diet. at home, you know, and then losing two kilos of weight? That would be perfect, that's, right, yeah. for many people, like yeah. losing weight just yeah. playing video games. But unfortunately, that's not true. Yeah. But we do no. have G-forces in eSports as well. Like, there are a couple of simulators. Actually, one of the people that I know and develops one of these simulators is sitting on the front row. Um, but anyway, um, there are simulators that move and can go up to, like, I think three Gs of uh, G-Force, I guess, which is quite decent as an eSports athlete to practice. So, so what does it just, feel like? I just want to guess the audience get a feeling of what does it feel like going through that kind of rush in your head? Like you feel it in your, in well, your the throat, first, your the, stomach. The, I went down a bobsled one day <laughs> and I thought I was going to die. Okay? Well, the, the, fir the first time, like, <laughs> actually the first time I got into a simulator like that that moves around and can go up to 3G, um, we started on like a little bit lower, like not, not full 3G, yep. uh, but like on one on one and a half, I don't know. Um, and um, I was playing, and I played for a straight hour. And afterwards, on, on finally uh, 3G. And at the end, they said, well, we have never seen someone playing for an hour. Most of the oh. people only continue for 15 minutes, and then they're sick. So somehow, you are used to the car. I picked it up very quick, and you're moving around. Yep, so but like as long as you have expected yeah. movements, it's all right. Like You mm -hmm. know you're going in the corner, so you know you're going to move your neck. So it's training. But so when training you crash, yeah, yeah. that's the moment you think, oh, shit, that 3G race really hurts, you know? so, because yeah, exactly. it's unexpected. So do you think, let's, let's change up a little bit. Do you think there is too much technology going on in, in your sport, for example, that it becomes about the tech and maybe not the driver as much? Or is there a combination of that? the mental, well, I mean, I, where is this headspace there? Well, of course, in Formula 1, there's a lot of te technici technici technicians and, uh, and the car is very complicated. But on the end, what they found there, it always goes back to the real car where you're driving in, on the streets. Yeah. So I think the, the technology, what they found there, is really, really good. 
but sometimes it's unfair because, for example, Vettel used to be uh, uh, my teammate in Formula 3. When I reached Formula 1, he was in Red Bull, I was in Caterham, which was a car in the back. He was world champion. I was in the back with three and a half seconds slower. But when we were racing F3, we were like uh, in between one tenth. Yeah. So the techni te technical side is really important, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I Find think also for, for the fans, like I watched Formula One for the past 10 years or something and it, mm -hmm. as, a, as a fan perspective and someone that always dreamed of driving in, in a real car, because to be honest, I've never driven in a real race car yet, I have to say, but maybe There's one day that's you can take it's on my bucket list, but bit, yeah. however, um, as, a, as, a, as a fan, um, mm -hmm. you do see that every year they have new rules and you really have to read the articles to get like to stay up to date with what Formula One is actually doing and what are all these tires, like you have five tires and pinky color and purple and, 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 and yellow and what on, does yeah. it, what kind of influence does it have on the car and obviously you have like all the aerodynamical systems that are getting more and more like better and better every mm -hmm. year for more downforce but it makes overtaking more difficult so it's, there are so many little aspects about Formula One at the moment that are maybe for a fan pretty difficult to follow, especially if you don't watch it every time. It makes it, it complicated be, yeah. and therefore fan engagement is a problem. But as we just saw with Formula E, they're doing a great job and Formula One is doing a great job as well at yeah. the moment. So Where is the sport going? You're starting to do some commentating now, so you're going to have to be talking about this in so many different <laughs> yeah. angles. To be honest, I think the sport is still growing. Um, of course, we have uh, so far this year quite interesting racing, a uh, lot of entertainment. Um, uh, the years before were sometimes a little bit boring, but now I think with uh, with engaging with uh, with social media with Formula One, um, and I think that that's that's a really really good thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's still growing. It's one of the biggest sports in the world, and I think we'll stay like this. I and for your sport, esport, let's talk about that. I mean, you, we, there's so much information now about that growth. How real is that for you as an athlete, and how will you be able to leverage that for your future and those coming up behind you? Uh, well, I'm like as an esports athlete, I'm 25 years old, which is pretty old actually in, in the world of esports. So considering my career, I'm more. You should into, run track. You can go on for a long time. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to challenge you one day. Yeah. Okay. No, but for my career, like my career, is, it's not ending. I'm still playing, but I'm more into managing, presenting on Fox Sports mm -hmm. as well, uh, like gaming stuff and radio, um, as well as studying, of course. But I do think like racing really has a future, especially if you see that a Rudy van Buren uh, last year got a like he won the championship and is mm -hmm. now play or racing for McLaren, and you can see how how well he is doing also on on track. So I do think that athletes in the future, and we spoke about that before the panel as well, just for fun, like. There will be a day that there is a guy entering Formula 2 that has never driven that car in real before, but he's so good online that they're going to test him offline and he will do well the first time he hits the car because he knows the buttons, he knows the stuff just from playing in a virtual world. Yeah. And also the simulators will get more and more Gs every time and get more realistic. So one day I do think uh, it's going to be like a real real deal, hopefully. And, and that could be men or women, right? Absolutely. 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 Yeah. I'd love to yeah. see more women in Formula One Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Yeah. would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, in the remaining moments that we have uh, personally, what do you want to see for your sport specifically? Well, eSports is, is growing insane. It's, it's, it's growing in, a, in an incredible speed. Um, and what, but what I would like to see is structure. Mm -hmm. I miss structure in eSports, whatever eSports it is, like League of Legends, 
Counter-Strike, Dota, there's, there's, there's not much structure on a local level, yeah. so country-wise. Yeah. And um, I hope that one day we have like little organizations in countries, like maybe in cities, like local clubs, where people can practice, where they can give tips to each other, advice, maybe have coaches, trainees. Yeah. That That's kind good of like, advice. Like, yeah. Yeah. And how about for yourself? More entertainment, more nice races, uh, and hopefully a Dutch race one time. There you go. In Holland. Yeah. 2.20. <laughs> there you go. And what a perfect way to end this session. <laughs> really appreciate hearing you. it from the athletes. Thank you, thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for your attention. Thanks, guys. <laughs>